So we're continuing our series, Courageous Faith. Last week, we talked about uh, Abraham and what happens when courageous faith is willing to sacrifice all. When you have a faith that is so courageous that nothing stands in front of God's will, in front of God's purposes. And we talked about uh, Abraham's instructions to sacrifice his son Isaac. And, excuse me, and jumping off from there, Isaac, as you as you know, uh, went on to have children with Rebecca, and one of those children's name was Jacob, who God renamed Israel, and then Israel went on to have children with Rachel, Leah, and I believe a couple of concubines, <laughs> but we won't go into that. That's that's a whole different story. And I'm I'm just going to give you a little rundown to where we are to kind of give you background to where I'm going to pick up at. And this this text will be on Joshua 6, chapters 1 through 20, if you want to start looking them up. And I titled this one, God Doesn't Make Sense, or Does Not Make Sense. So Israel, his, his, his sons, which make up when you hear about the 12 tribes of Israel, Israel, or Jacob's sons, those were his sons, the make of Benjamin and Dan and on and on and on. And one of his sons was named Joseph. And the reason I'm bringing Joseph up because he's the reason that the Hebrews ended up in the land of Egypt. Because real fast forward, his brothers were jealous of him, sold him into slavery and through a series of events, Joseph ended up in Egypt, ended up being number two behind Pharaoh, being his main his main man. His, and he brought his brothers and his father for a time in, into the land of Egypt. So then, that's how the it's how the, that's how the Hebrews ended up in Egypt. And then you know God raised Moses to lead them out, which is, we find in Exodus, the book of Exodus. And then as they come into, toward the promised land, which is Canaan, Moses is not allowed to go into the promised land because of some disobedience. Uh, Him and Aaron committed along the way. The ones that left Egypt no one un, over 20 was allowed to enter into Canaan, so God let them wander in the desert for 40 years until the next generation was was born. So I'm just saying all that to give you a little uh, background to how we got to where we are now. And so when... Moses passed away. He passed on his mantle to Joshua. When Joshua, I believe, was actually born in Egypt, from what we read in Scripture, it seems that he was a commander 
for uh, for uh, Moses led the army in some of the battles and became his you know God's appointed leader of the nation after Moses. So then Joshua takes the people across the Jordan toward the promised land Canaan and then he ends up at the gates of Jericho. And God gave him very specific instructions on what to do when he arrived at the gates. And we're starting with verse 1 of chapter 6. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. Praise God. Easy peasy, right? Makes a whole lot of sense. (laughs) It makes no sense at all (laughs) to a military-minded strategist. This makes no sense. Now, mind you, these are people that had defeated the the Amorites. They were they were skilled warriors. They had, I believe, was forty thousand armed people that were with them that made up their army and everyone was afraid. That's why they shut the gates so tight when they came to the Jordan when they knew the nation of Israel was there because they were afraid of them. They knew what had happened to Pharaoh, what happened to his army. So they were afraid. They knew their God was leading them. You know, remember they, they followed in step when when the cloud, the glory of God rested, they rested, they didn't move. When he was in the tabernacle they built. When the when the cloud moved, they moved, they followed the clouds. At night the cloud was as fire. So they were they were in step, ready to fight. And then they're gonna get instructions like this. And I can imagine Joshua's first thoughts, because he was a warrior. He knew how to fight. And when he hears this, I wonder for a moment, he said, huh? (laughs) Because this makes no sense at all. That you're just going to walk around? Could you imagine if somebody said, yeah, just walk around, walk around this building three times, you know, and then when I tell you, shout at it and the gates are going to come down. 
Don't think about it, just do it. Trust me. <laughs> right? The logical mind, right, ways that that makes no sense, that makes no logic. And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm pushing that a lot is because how can we expect God to make so much sense? But we do, right? We think God's instructions, his will, his leading of us should make absolutely 100% sense to us. Right? I almost said, yeah, no, I thought it was at the other church. <laughs> I mean, I know where I'm at, but, you know, I've been preaching a lot of different churches. He's LA all over the place. And, yeah. Anyway, are we in agreement? Are are you with me there? Can we be honest and say, yeah, that's kind of true, Pastor, yeah. Long as somebody tells me to do something that I agree with, that makes sense to me, I'm all for it. Let's go. You want me to go out and do this for the church? Yes. You want me to do that? Yes. But if God says, do it this way, like, huh? Como dices? That makes no sense at all. What are you up to? And remember, in the next slide, I highlighted this point. This is not the same generation that witnessed all the miracles. They did not witness the exodus. They did not witness the parting of the Red Sea. Or if they did, they were very young during that time. So they have been following. They've, they've seen the battles. They've seen, you know, and they've seen the glory of God moving. But they hadn't witnessed God's deliverance as in the beginning. And even that generation, they weren't there anymore because even witnessing at some points, it just got too much. It didn't make sense no more. Why are we still in the desert? <laughs> you promised us a land of milk and honey. There ain't no milk. <laughs> there ain't no honey out here. This manna is getting kind of old. <laughs> Any of us ever feel like that? Why am I at the same job? You promised me that I was going to prosper. You promised me that I was going to make a lot of money, Lord. The Bible says, <laughs> right? Why am I still making minimum wage? <laughs> Why is this not working out the way I thought it would? Amen? So let's go on, uh, jump into verses 15 through 17. So setting up again, Joshua told his people what to do. There was a certain order. The Ark of the Covenant went, and the priests, and then the armed men. And and this is the whole nation. So so think about this. Jericho is in terror anyway. Now they see the whole nation start marching around their walls. And they did this for six days, marched around once. Next day, marched around again, according to what God told them to do. 
Now, starting at verse 15. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. But this time, they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Olin Rahab the prostitute and the others in her house will be spared for she protected our spies. And if you don't know who Rahab was, she was uh, a prostitute as it says and they had sent spies into into uh, Jericho to snuck in to see, you know, what it looked like, you know, make some uh, plans and and to encourage the people that this is possible. And she hid them and then uh, got them out. And she made them promise that you would protect my household. And they made certain provisions for her. And she just happened, her her, uh, house was actually built onto the wall. So she was able to let them down the wall and told them to go into the hills and hide until dark and make it back to their camp. And they told her to hang a scarlet thread outside her window. So that would be a sign that nobody would touch that house. That would be the only dwelling that everybody would not be killed in. And they were, uh, this this last answer was saying they were going to keep that promise. But one thing I want you to to look here, it says everything must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Now, does that make sense? And what I got out of that was, and I, I put it on the next slide, you should follow God's directions. When God gives us directions, when God gives us our marching orders, when God tells us, <coughs> excuse me, when God tells us to do this or do that, wow, that's a throwback. Um, sorry, I got distracted there. We should follow God's directions But a lot of times we forget when God blesses us for following his direction, for following his will, do we remember to make an offering with the blessing, right? Do we remember to follow God's directions completely? Because what I've learned in my life and what the Bible teaches is whatever God gives is a replacement for something else, right? God blesses us when we're willing to remove something that is in the way. 
I didn't lose you, did I? Let me, let me do that one more time. God blesses us when we're willing to remove something that is in the way. And it's not always tit for tat. There's times God blesses, blesses, and he doesn't really seem to require anything. But then all of a sudden we're sitting on that blessings, we're sitting on that job, we're sitting on whatever it is, that financial gain, and we're not happy, we're not satisfied, or it doesn't go the way we thought, or that relationship isn't turning out the way we thought it would. And I just want to put this before you. This isn't the say of the Lord. This is just my musings. Is it possible, church, that we are quick to take the blessings, but we're not as quick to make the sacrifices? Amen? We're not as quick. We're we're quick to ask God for, but we're not quick to ask God, what do you want? When I left my former church, one of the one of the things my parting and it's crazy, it's actually on YouTube. Somebody pointed out to me, I'm like, wow. <laughs> the whole ceremony when I left was actually on YouTube. But anyway, uh I don't know if it, if uh Abe, did you know they were filming it? I didn't even know until uh, I I seen uh David Chan with the camera, I'm like, oh, <laughs> And I had no idea somebody loaded it to YouTube, but it's there. So that's how I know this, because somebody pointed out to me that I said this. And one of the things I said, that as I was leaving, what I was going to try to practice was not only asking what I wanted from God, but I was going to try to ask God what he wanted from me. And I use that famous quote, you know, that some of you may not even know what I'm talking about because you're too young, unless you've seen clips of it. But President John F. Kennedy, he had this really famous speech. And one of the things he said on, in, in that speech was, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. So I just updated that in my own head and decided, I'm not only going to ask God what I want him to do for me, I'm going to start asking God what he wants me to do for him. And you know one of the challenges of that was? A lot of times it didn't make no sense what he wanted me to do. (laughs) Sometimes it made a lot of sense, sometimes it made no sense at all. I mean, how much sense does it make for an ex-vato loco from Navarro, <laughs> born and raised in East Oakland, part of the gang life, part of dealing drugs and, and running guns across, you know, state lines and all the criminal activities I was in and having that hardcore mentality, that I would be standing before you in the church, <laughs> in your church, <laughs> that I would join this church, (laughs) that I would be part of your small group. And I know you weren't that favorable for it when when they first sent me there. (laughs) But how much sense does that make? And I'm not saying that to highlight myself. I'm just kind of giving you a 
illustration that you see before you that you can wrap your mind around, God doesn't always make sense. It doesn't make no logical sense. I'm sure if you really analyzed it when you first see me in this church, I, I know some of you would say, I wonder why he's here. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's good we have somebody that doesn't look like us and we're a little more diverse and that's great. But wait a minute, what's he doing up here? <laughs> we didn't expect that. <laughs> Amen? Few honest, there's few honest ones among you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. But that's what—that's the beauty of, of this whole thing. God is glorified more than ever when he doesn't make sense. <laughs> when what he's asking doesn't make sense. And why is that? Why do you think that is? Anybody have an idea? Why would God be glorified when he doesn't make sense? You're not used to me being interactive with you anymore. I see that. Okay, I'll help you out. Because when that happens, there's no doubt of who gets the glory. Right? There's no doubt of who's behind it. There's no doubt that this is God's. It's not my thing. It's not because I'm a great orator. It's not because I'm such an accomplished speaker or such an accomplished uh, Bible study uh, uh, helper or whatever you want to call me. It's not any of that. It's because this is what God wants. I'll be honest with you. I would not be successful at all in this church if not for God. So if you appreciate my preaching... If you appreciate, you know, the, the uh, interjections I do during the Bible studies, if you appreciate anything about me, appreciate God. And anything you don't appreciate, that's on me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not perfect. I got, I'm still, I'm still in process. I'm still work in process. So forgive me for that but glorify God for all the things you do appreciate and you do honor because it's all about God, amen? Verses, back to Joshua 6, verses, verse 18. It says, do not take any of the things set apart for destruction or you yourselves will be completely destroyed and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Now, how much sense does that make? No, really, think about it. You've been in the desert all these years, have nothing, and all of a sudden you come into this new city, all this stuff, all the gold and everything. Why can't you take a little bit for yourselves? What's wrong with that? Huh? Un poquito, right? <laughs> just a taste. <laughs> I don't, I'm not greedy. I just, you know, a little bit, you know, put away. 
have a little pocket money. So why not? Why not? What's wrong with it? Is God so nitpicky? What do you think? And the correct answer was in the Bible, so it has to be, yes, but, you know, let's, let's dig a little more. I, that's why I don't use commentaries, and I don't really go off commentaries very much. As my, my small group knows, I tell them I don't like to use commentaries. Because I don't like those packed, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with commentaries. If you need them, it's a good tool, utilize them. I just pur- purposely don't, because I'm old school. I like to dig in for myself. I want to know what God's saying to me and to those I'm going to speak to. I don't want to know what he said to Matthew Henry, because that was for Matthew Henry. <laughs> I want to know what he's saying to me. I want to know what he wants me to say to you or to whoever's in front of me. Amen? So, why? Why, why, why is God so absolute that he wants everything destroyed? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in on a little something. Because our logical mind always has to ask why, and has to make sense. Sometimes it's better just trust God and not lean on our own understanding, right? Sometimes that is the right answer because God said so. <laughs> it doesn't need to be no more than that. But as I did mention to you the last week, if you're going to follow, you know, some kind of extreme uh, ordinances of God, make sure it's God telling you these things. You know, test it. Make sure it lines up with his word. Make sure it lines up with his uh, personality. Make sure it lines up with who he is, Jesus' teachings. Make sure everything lines up. Or you could be going into a lot of different directions and always wondering why you're never finding your way, why things are never working out. See, because when you know it's, God, when things don't work out, that's okay, because you know it's God. I've been a lot of things that didn't work out, but that's all right, because I know God sent me here. I know God wants me to do this. So the result, success or failure, isn't on me. That's, that's his business. My business is just to do what he told me to do. Amen. So I'm just I'm I'm just giving you these little you know these little tidbits to kind of help us process. I think one of the hardest things we have is when things life happens is trying to process it because sometimes just reading the Bible doesn't help us process enough because the Bible itself without the understanding and the relationship with God and the leadership of the Holy Spirit doesn't really give you all the answers you need. 
And sometimes you don't need answers. You just need to know this is what God wants. Amen? How many, how many of you can say that? This is what God wants. I don't hear nobody. Can you say, I'm in this church, sitting here in Mission Valley this morning because, come on church, this is what God wants. Amen? On Sunday morning, September 11th, 2022, God wants me to be sitting right where I'm seated. God wants me to be in front of my TV, in front of my uh, uh, iPhone, Android, computer, whatever it is, for such a time as this. This is what God wants. Amen? And it might not be what we wanted. Maybe we'd rather be watching a game. Maybe we met, we'd rather be at Denny's with our family, having some good, you know, some good pancakes or Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruities or whatever, <clears throat> whatever's going on over there. But this is what God wants. And you can't go wrong with what God wants. But just know, if you didn't hear anything else, just know, remember, church, what God wants won't always make sense to us. <laughs> and God always wants something from us for our own good. You know the reason he, he wanted them to carry out his orders against, you know, against uh, Jericho? It was for their own good. It was so the corruption wouldn't happen from the, from the people that were there. And a lot of other things wouldn't integrate into his, the holiness of his people, into the, into the sanctification, into the separation that they had with him would disrupt the relationship. It wasn't that he was a segregist because he welcomed uh, Rahab, her family, they were allowed to exist because they understood enough to be on God's side. Amen? So, what we should do is ask ourselves, what is, what is the offering God wants? What is it? Is it temper? Is it, you know, being a little more uh, understanding of my spouse, of my boyfriend, girlfriend? Is it a little more patience with my job? Is it uh, enduring a little longer? Uh, maybe I have to take this low pay for a while because I asked God for this job. He gave me this job. Now, I don't like this job all of a sudden. I've been there. <laughs> I was there, and God kept me there for two years until I stopped complaining and sniveling about it. And I'm talking about making minimum wage. It, 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 was, no, it was no fun. <laughs> but, and I've told you this story before, but when I stopped the sniveling and I stopped, okay, God, what do you want here? Then the blessings started coming. People started 
uh, hearing the gospel. People started uh, coming away from their addiction. People got off their AB 109 contracts with probation. I just seen God do so many things. And it wasn't me. It was just making an offer. Okay, you want me here? I'm going to stay here. You know, I, I, I've been offered, well, maybe I'll keep that to myself. But, but there's been opportunities to be somewhere other than here. But I believe God wants me here. So until he doesn't want me here, I, will, I don't entertain any other opportunities until I know God doesn't want me here anymore. Because what's more important to me is to be where God wants me, not what's the best advantage for me. I'll say that again. (laughs) What's more important is to be where God wants you rather than what's the most advantageous for yourself. Amen? Because sometimes where God has us isn't that you know, isn't that pleasurable sometimes for a while? But, you know, in my 40 plus years of serving the Lord and walking with him, I can say up to this moment, up to this time, he's always come through for me, though. And eventually, it does become pleasurable. (laughs) Eventually, I am glad I am where I am. You know, coming here, it was a little rough at first because y'all didn't, you know, y'all didn't like me at first. <laughs> I seen the looks, you know. And that's all right, you know. Uh, I knew if God wanted me here, you know, he'd win you over for me. And it seems like he did to a point. Some of you may still look at me a little cross-eyed, but that's all right. <laughs> it's all right. God loves me, I love you. And I could truly say that I do love everybody in this church because you are God's people and you are my people with God because God has me here amongst you. And to me, that's a tremendous blessing. But it wasn't easy coming in, be honest. Just like it wasn't easy at the other church I was at coming in. Actually, it took me longer to integrate there than it did here. So either I'm learning to do something right or, you know, maybe I'm giving the offerings a little sooner. Maybe I'm surrendering the pride a little, you know, a little quicker. Maybe I'm being a little more less judgmental. Maybe I'm being a little more open-minded. I don't know. But I know as we drop off those offerings to God, we will see things change. And that's what we want. Isn't that what we're all saying? God, I don't like it like this. Please change things. Please change things. And then when God changes things, whoa, I didn't mean to change it like this. <laughs> this is how I thought you would change it, right? Like the Israelites. Get us out of Egypt. Get us out of Egypt. Then they got, when they got out of Egypt, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't want to come out into the desert. I mean, I just wanted to go out of Egypt into, you know, a better, a better city, a better land with all the advantages and none of the hardships that I had in Egypt. Doesn't always work like that, church. 
And to be honest, I'm going way off what I thought I was going to say today, but it's it's following the same lines. It's just that you 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 have your way, Holy Spirit. And one of the things, as I was thinking about that offering, I got kind of stuck there, I'll be honest with you. And I was like, well, I'm not quite sure what to do with this here. <laughs> I mean, how do I really, what, what, how do I really drive that home? You know, when it says, God said to leave an offering. How can I illustrate that? And I've been doing, you know, uh, to make kind of, ex- you know, examples of, of my own personal journey to, to kind of help you or saying supposed things that you may relate to. But you know what's really great when you're reading the Bible and when you're studying the Bible? When you get stuck and you don't know where to go on things or you just can't quite unpack something. And those of you that have ever been in the pulpit know what I'm talking about. And you just get this opportunity to just seek God and look for it, look for it. And then when God gives you the answer and he gives you the scriptures, it's like, wow. Thank you, Jesus. And that's not just for preachers. I, I'm, I'm including that in this message because that's how we can all, that's how we should all read the Bible, right? Always digging in and looking, what are you trying to say, Lord? What does this mean? Help me. Show me. Show me where this relates. Show me an example of this. Amen? And he always comes through. So for me, he came through in giving me Romans uh, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And that's going to be very familiar to all of you. But look what it says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You still tracking with me, church? See, back then, God had to give them real specific orders, and because they didn't have the self-empowerment to resist the influences of the land they were going in, the people's, you know, beliefs and their practices and the gods they worshipped and the things that may be appealing, may be tempting, may draw them. But see, now we have that because we have a renewed mind through Christ, right? So we don't have to destroy anything other than the spiritual battles within ourselves, right? That's our offering. A living sacrifice, right? That is holy and pleasing to God. And how does it say to do that? Not to conform, right? To the pattern of this world, but be transformed that renewing of your mind. Hopefully you remember the last thing I told you to remember. You take that away from you. I'm going to give you one more thing that I hope you you take with you uh, from this message. As, As we become more than conquerors, and we already are, 
And as we go forward, don't forget to offer that living sacrifice, right? And we do that by not conforming. We do that by turning our backs on the world. We do that by not getting sucked into, you know, popular culture into, I could go on and on, the things that the world offers and, you know, and I'll leave that personal. We all know what's appealing to us. We know what's tempting to us. And we all fall short in that, myself included. We all give in to temptations. But what I want you to remember is when that happens, check in with God. (laughs) Check in with his word. Because if you're not checking in on the word, if you're not checking yourself, you're going to wreck yourself. Plain and simple. And I'm talking to you as a wrecked person. (laughs) I've wrecked myself many times because, yeah, this probably isn't what God wants, but I want it. (laughs) Looks good. Feels good. Sounds good. So I'm good. Until I'm a wreck. (laughs) And then I start over. So hopefully this will help you not to continually wreck ourselves because that's not what God wants for us but if we do the good news is as I say over and over is God is right there to pick us up right but as we mature as we get more into our word as we read and study and learn more about who Jesus Christ is and his teachings hopefully we'll wreck ourselves less as time goes on, right? And I'm always going to, you know, you maybe get tired of me hearing hearing me say this, but I'm always going to drive home the point to be in God's Word, to be reading God's Word, to be in an environment where God's Word is being read out, is being practiced. That's the only, that's the only defense we have against the world. That's the only defense we have to walk that walk and not just talk it. A lot of believers are good at talking the talk. Man, we could quote scripture, we can say hallelujahs if we're hallelujah people, or we could say praise the Lord, or on Easter, you know, he is risen, he is risen indeed. Automatic, right? But do we walk it as easily as we talk it? (laughs) Amen? Back to chapter 6 of Joshua, verse 20. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed, And the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. Somebody praise the Lord on that. And the reason that I'm saying praise the Lord on that is because, and the reason I I concluded with this is because through it all, God keeps his promises. What he says is going to happen, happens. It might not necessarily happen when you think it should happen, on your timetable, to your liking, to your satisfaction, 
but he will bring about what he wants to do, what he promises to do. He will do it. My question to us is, are we willing to trust him at his word? And if we don't know what his word is, how are we going to trust him at it? (laughs) Amen. If you don't know what his promises are, if you don't have a a personal relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ, if you're not following Christ's teachings, if you're not uh, pronouncing the gospel, if you're not living the gospel, where the gospel is alive and real to you, then how are we going to walk it? How are we going to believe it? We're not. And that's the sad truth. That's real. That's as real with you as I can get. And those of you who know me, I have a lot of faults, but being real ain't one of them. May be a little bit of a fault, actually. But that's, that's who I am, because that's who God is with me. And that's who I've always asked him to be with me. And he's always been there with me. When I need to be smacked upside my head, smack me upside my head. When I need him to send somebody to me and tell me, hey, man, you know, check yourself. He always does that. He's, he's good for that. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying this to be, you know, judgmental or pronounce any kind of downer on this service because this is an uplifting and great service and I hope you still feel that way. But I want you to stay there. <laughs> and you go and stay there with God, right? And you go and stay there if you know these realities, face these realities, and live through these realities. Amen? God help us. And he does. That's the good news. That's the great news. Let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I know some of this may have been a little difficult. It was difficult for me to actually preach, uh, especially it didn't quite go the way I imagined it as far as what I was actually going to say. But I, as I preach it, I have to walk it myself, and I just trust you. I know your word never goes and comes back void. I know it always accomplishes what you set it out for. And I just pray that this will help us to be more introspective with ourselves, be more inclusive with one another, learn to depend and and trust and believe and always put you at the forefront. I pray all these things for myself and all your people in Jesus' name. Amen.